Hey, it's Eric Oldman, and this episode is going to be a bit of a special one. This is the last episode I produced in 2021. Um, we did this in mid-December before the holidays hit, and I had some personal things that came up again, which kind of put me on radio silence for a few weeks, uh, just dealing with uh, just some family things. But um, finally got around to getting this uh, cut for you all. Um, and this is a different one in the sense of the my guests are people I know really well and friends with um, from the music scene. They used to rehearse next to my space at my uh, studio in Humboldt Park. And uh, just fantastic guys all around. They're also very passionate about the music scene here in Chicago and uh, just also music consumers. They, they really enjoy looking for new music, and that's something... Uh, we share in common we're always like kind of sharing new bands with each other and new things to check out and I've been wanting to have them on for a bit and this was kind of an opportunity for me to catch up with them so uh, the conversation format's a little bit different it's actually just really conversational Um, it's not an interview most of the guests I have on the show I really don't know personally they're either acquaintances or I really like their music or like what they're doing uh, with our music community here in Chicago so I want to learn more about them. Uh, in this case, it's just reconnecting with old friends tonight. And uh, we have a special treat for you all. Um, first of all, we're going to be playing some live tracks from their shows over the years um, that they haven't released yet. So uh, it's a little bit of a premiere. And uh, I also want to encourage you all to check out their guest list curation. It's a monster behemoth Um of basically a compendium of Chicago music. It's basically a lot of the bands that we featured over the last couple of years or so since we've rebooted rock in Chicago, and now I'm kind of doing it, um, just really condensed into one nice playlist. Uh, A lot of good bands on there, a lot of great friends, and also a lot of just fantastic bands that I wasn't even aware of that they were aware of, but they added in. So just kind of reinforcing that um, common shared interest is being a music fan and an ardent supporter of the local scene. So tonight we have Carl and Ricky from Uncouth. Carl is the guitar player. Ricky is the vocalist. And we're going to kick things off with a live track from Reggie's. Uh, this tune is called The Gaping Maw of the Void. Uh, and we're just going to get right into our chat right after that. Hey, it's Eric Goldman and... This episode is going to be a bit of a special one. This is the last episode I produced in 2021. Um, We did this in mid-December before the holidays hit, and I had some personal things that came up again, which kind of put me on radio silence for a few weeks.
recording is in progress. I'm very scared. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't mess up. There's no video either. Just saying. Oh, there's no video. I know. Yeah. That's because I have a crappy Wi-Fi signal. Oh, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, that, that's really why. Um, at some point, I'll have video, like when I have, I have like a space where I can have video, but it... it it, it, it eats up so much of my bandwidth that like it, it makes the audio suffer um makes it totally makes sense and it is yeah. not a problem in the slightest yeah now sorry i, I mean I, now, I, now i can make goofy faces and nobody you can any of the wiser right. you know when i started doing this podcast again too a lot of my first guests like they were actually relieved it was audio only because they didn't have to get made up or pre- put on their presentation of themselves to show yeah. for a video like they didn't have to get there you know you have to get like a nice background if you don't have one of those like software things where you could just blur it out or put like a tropical sure. island or whatever circus behind you you know um <laughs> the fantasy oh, of reality yeah exactly oh, and, then, and then imagine you're a performer who has any sort of like mystique or whatever right and yeah. then they're gonna see you in your like studio apartment or, or something exactly and, and it's yeah. just gonna break the you break know, the, the break wait yeah wait you mean you don't sleep in a dungeon come on you're not you're not cold <laughs> right. enough uh, yeah i don't see the, the the coffin with the red velvet and the right the the you're saying you have to you have to be on the throne with like the chalice and there's like a like some yes. fire going on in the background and some like animals or some shit or so from a, like i guess a band perspective how have you guys been uh holding up like are you able to to work on stuff as a unit or um are you guys writing what what, what are you guys up to we can start with that and just talk about individual stuff afterwards i guess so sure sure ricky you want to start with that or uh you want me to start what uh yeah I, i'd be happy to so i mean we've we you know, during the 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 height of of the you know the initial stages of the pandemics, the lockdowns, all that, we we were all pretty much you know we stayed in our in our separate deals. So we we would do Zoom calls, but we right. didn't really get to work on too much. Um, right. You know, which was a a, a shame because 2020, you know, that was a, a year we were focusing on for uh, finishing writing and recording uh, an album that that we we've, we've got in the works. Um, you know, but as things started to open up a little bit, people started getting vaccinated, all of that happened. And then we were, we were more comfortable with the idea of getting everybody together, got back in the groove of it, you know, and, and after a a lengthy period away and not getting to play with each other, you got to kind of get that, that feel back, you know? And so it's just that, that getting together and getting the, the feel of, of being, you know, practiced and together and, and feeling that vibe again, which, you know, once you're in the room, it, it, it comes pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. It's it's (laughs) so getting, getting to be around everybody again and play music and feel because, you know, the, the, the thing about, you know, music being played live, even being played in a room with people that you are actively playing with them, Live yeah. music feels different. It is because you're you're in the presence of it. Right. Um, it's the ultimate catharsis for yeah, and it's, and it's a social experience too. You're creating it with a group of people together too. The yep. playing it, but also being, of course, obviously with an audience. But even just yeah, rehearsing and being able to get together with your crew and yeah, being able to to jam out and have that social experience is that there is so much catharsis in that, you know there's no way to re to replicate that without, you know, the humans in the room, you know, it's, it's, yeah. 
it's hard with headphones in a basement it just <laughs> it's not the same thing it all. is not yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah so we you know we we started to get back in the groove and uh you know we worked on everything and then you know as things were starting to open up again there was a show offer we we took so yeah. we you know got got rehearsed to get the the set together and and you know and and focus on that which some of those songs no one had ever heard before so we were excited to play yeah. them, uh which some of them will be i guess interspersed through the through the podcast but then yeah. you know after that thing started to get a little wonkier out in the world and and yeah. we really wanted to get back to focusing on we've got this album we need to get it ready get it recorded and, and get that so that's been the the focus since and you know the holidays roll around and everything gets slows busy. down yeah yeah but we're we're we've got a, a really solid if if and and I, it feels a little braggy but like everyone else is the musicians on the album and carl masterminding this arc of music um and it's it's I'm I'm so stoked on this this next uh, uh, album that we've got coming out that we're that we're working on, and then for what we do next, because the other thing that's happened during the pandemic is because we were all separated, everyone got yeah. into their own things a little bit, absolutely, and so we've all kind of reassembled a wilder group of musicians than we were initially, and we're bringing different stuff to it now absolutely yeah i was going to so, ask about that how did that how did that experience because i mean you're still creating even on isolation but just just having to, to go go through that but also kind of have some woodshedding time and just reflection time too like that 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 i would imagine that had a really good impact on you know your band's identity or your band's sound i guess i should say eric, um, eric you have to see ricky's pedal board now it's it's amazing it's, okay uh it puts mine to shame. I'm I'm quite jealous and very uh very impressed with how uh wonderful and sprawling it looks now. It's it's a wonder to behold. I love that thing, man. It's it's uh so you're yeah. doing a lot of vocal effects on your voice now, or are you doing uh, other I'm, instrumentation? I'm doing, so I'm I'm one thing that happened during the pandemic is I got really into a lot of um kind of free jazz i got like last exit type stuff i got sure. into a lot of uh i mean acid mother's temple has always been one of my favorite bands um and i've i and i also just started listening to a lot of stuff from like the 60s and 70s yeah. and i i wanted to get weird and i i used to be very <laughs> much a vocal purist right um, and you know, my, my thought process was, I want to be able to do on stage what, uh, what you hear on the album, you know, I want it to all be pure. Cause I, I was a classically trained vocalist right. way back in the day. Um, I've, I've long since abandoned, but I still had some of that mentality and, and that really broke down during the pandemic. So vocal effects, yes. Um, but also I took up playing the theremin. And I found if you run a theremin through effects pedals and whatnot, you can make uh, just uh, an unholy racket. And oh, yeah. it's so much fun. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And that uh, that's one of the reasons, in my opinion, that, uh, you know, some of the album has taken a little bit of a, a of a delay in us getting track. Your, your sound changed, right? It's uh, for the for the better. infinitely better, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and uh, it's something else. Like a theremin is just such a unique instrument, and yep. just the the textures that Ricky's kind of I don't know what the right word is. Is it uh, like emitting? Is it conjuring? Is it uh, oh shit we'll go with it we'll go conjuring, with conjuring. i think conjuring, conjuring i think is conjuring the, the sounds right. sounds mysterious that sounds yeah. like it sounds yeah. like what's happening when you're over there right. in the corner just kind of creating creating these wild sounds right. and yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's it's cool. something else i love it yeah and like i said on top of that everyone i mean hell james's bass playing like the the new elements that we've added to some of the songs uh, that 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 James is playing, and you know Carl is constantly inventive, and Tim is approaching drumming in a different way that I think has really helped shape the songs and yeah. and 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 help really structure them and and lock them down, and and it's yeah, it's weird as it is all the time away i think made us better musicians uh for approaching what we're doing mm -hmm. um because we just uh got to, we get to draw from more sources mm -hmm. um, right that exploration time helps too so yeah yeah, yeah for sure coming back to playing shows how did it feel was it different like it, it was interesting to say okay. oh um, <laughs> you know it's funny because i think eric you're you you get this a little bit and understand i mean before the lockdowns and everything happened i don't know how many shows a month i was going to i can't count right um it's basically at a show if not every weekend then once or twice during the week or whatever for a very Excellent. long time right and for me, it was very strange. That was one of the first times I, I was in, you know, a, a room with other humans watching music again. And man, for me, that was amazing. It was, it, it sucked being locked up, but like at the same time, I don't know, like the quarantine was fine for me. I played guitar and video games and worked and, um, you know, my wife and I hung out and, you know, it wasn't terrible on my, uh, mental state you know i i was okay but something about that first show and hearing amps again live in a room yeah it was great and the thing is it, it was just different like it didn't feel the same as before yeah and i don't know what that is i, I don't know if that's gonna continue like that i've been to a couple of shows since that and it's been you know a little kind of more felt a little more like the before times but something's still different you know and I don't know if I'll ever get over that, but it, it, it was very good to be in a venue like that again. It just was different. I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like with shows, um, there's just a hell of a lot more intentionality, <coughs> intentionality going on now with um, the artists who are there. Like they, they really, you know, obviously you're not taking it for granted anymore. You know, they're really right. giving 
a more solid performance. Um, and just the bills that I'm seeing consistently have been really, really good. I mean, yeah. the stuff that's coming out now, it's more organized. There's less rando shows of like, oh, these, are, these are just five bands that hit my email box as a talent buyer, and I'm just going to throw them on stage and we'll see what happens. I mean, there's, you know, I think the bookers and promoters are doing a lot better job now of making things more intentional because I think there's a lot more writing on you know, kind of the venue's bottom line, of course, too, but sure. there's just better quality shows, too. I, I honestly have, you know, as the aforementioned reasons, I've not been seeing as many as I would in the past, um, just because I, I have to just keep that consideration in mind for like my mom, you know, um, yep. but, you know, um, I, I think it's great that we can come back to this, and even it's different, and it still feels like there's some limitations in place, but the content of the show seems like it's a lot more focused and a lot more intentional now than it was yep. in 2019. I mean, there were shows where I would look at the bill. I'm like, I'll see them next month, you know, or whatever it is, you know, or, you know, you'd wait for a better bill, but they're all good. They're all bangers now. You know? Yep. Yeah. That show is great. Our, our friends in black road. I mean, we've known yep. them for a really yeah. long time and I love hanging out with them dudes and that was really cool to have that one be the first one back and we got to play with high reaper which was great that was nice uh, yeah, yeah we were supposed to play with them uh right right before the lockdown that was yeah. our last show and that one got canceled because of the quarantines and everything yeah with them and lord dying and I was really looking forward to that um so getting to play with them was cool that was kind of you know here's a redo from the before yeah. times that was nice um yeah Black Road, I'm actually really excited to hear live now because of the new rhythm section. Um, having yeah. Trey and Danny from Facebook. Yeah, Trey and Danny are great. Yeah. Uh, super, super solid. Um, just them as together as musicians. I've always enjoyed them playing. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear what they bring to Black Road now. See, see where that takes them for sure. Yeah. So, so um, outside of that, though, I mean, there's, yeah, there's just kind of the general sort of scene. Um, you know, it, it feels a little bit more, um, I mean, I mean, some of this is probably my own perceptions because I don't go to shows as much as I used to. So I'm a little more apprehensive now, but it's less bombarding too. There's less, um, you know, people are just really focused on just playing now. They're focused on that experience. Um, I think people are being, you know, they have to be more savvy now too, because video seemed like it was the new thing now. Like since we all had to go locked down, like everybody is conscientious about some sort of video content. And here we are on an audio only podcast talking about this, right? <laughs> Irony is not lost on me, but there's, you know, as I aforementioned economy issues. Um, but you know, that, that video content now just seems to be so, so key as well as to like really getting people to pay attention to a particular band or project or to have like even a story arc follow like ep in an episodic. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You talk about the, the video um, yeah. format and the, the kind of necessity for it, especially over the lockdown. And it's, yeah one of the the big things that that i kind of went through as a as an artist as a performer during the lockdown was a uh a, a big aversion to the 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 hustle and chill of it all um 
because in the in the before before times, in addition to the band, I was also a stand up comic. I was an MC for various events. I I was right. a very active performer on the stage. And one of the things that I prided myself on and, and that always got me booked was that I was a constant shill. Right. And part of that is, you know, you make the content, you put right. the content out. Yeah. Yep. And the the hustling of content for content sake and the the sake of getting to perform is overkill. Was taking away <laughs> well and it 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 yeah. was it was taking away from the creating Right. And it was also ultimately kind of dehumanizing. Yeah. Because um, you turn be... oneself into a product. Right. And you had to, you know, constantly think about the presentation, the staging, whatever the angles are in the room, the lighting, and just all the, right. Basically putting that gloss of production over everything to make sure it really, you know, they say in the advertising industry, make it pop. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I feel you on that a hundred percent, you know, um, that's, I, I've, you know, talked to a, quite a few people about, you know, since that the video side of it has really become sort of a thing now, um, how, how some people handle it. Yeah. It, it can be obnoxious, you know, more so than like the constant flyer invites from Facebook or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's definitely it, but uh, the other side of it is I, I do see people who are using it tastefully and they're not so hung up as much on the idea of production, you know, or making sure the lighting's right and they have a nice outfit on or, or the guitar angle is and, and you know, it's the, the Pantera cam mode, you know, whatever it is where it's like down the, the neck, you know, none of that's this. Right. Yeah, that there was that there was a lot of stripping away of pretension for some people. Yeah, because we we uh, and and we we talked about this a little bit earlier. You you kind of had no choice but to lose the mystique a little, yeah. little bit over the pandemic. You you could right. only come from where you were coming from, you know. Right. So right. the down to earth celebrities all got revealed in their mansions, you know, bemoaning right. their their bad luck. And you know, right. a lot of a lot of your favorite musicians, it was like, yeah. oh shit, you're just you're just a dude. You're just right in your you garage know, or basement or your little tiny office bedroom. Yeah, you're, right. you're one of yeah. us. And right. you know, watching and, all those all those yeah. cats come together and do like the the, the live benefits. stream compilation, you know, yeah, everyone the, everyone plays a cover or something like right. Yeah. But then you see some of their their houses, and it's like, oh, that just that looks like my room. That's like right, yeah, yeah no, it's a, righteous. Yeah, that's the other side of the sword. You know, there's the two edges of that. The, there's the you know the the overblown side of it, um, and then there's yeah the, the the other side of it of like that humanizing aspect of it of you know that makes it kind of relatable in a sense, and. Yeah, I, I see the, what, what I'm attracted to, at least when I when I see content now, like looking stuff on Instagram or whatever, it's that I, I hate to use the word authenticity, you know, because that's become like the new nice or the new whatever. It, it's like to me, it's a meaningless word, but it's like that's their that's the true essence of that person um, without much pretense. And they're just they're playing some really cool music and they're and they're enjoying themselves doing it. They're not worried about, you know, the, the production side of it, you know. 
Um, that said, don't get me wrong. Right. I fuck, right. you know, I love, I love Ghost. I love Twin Temple. I oh love, yeah, for sure. Because they I love a, a show. I love her. I love, love a, a good show. Band. Right. Um, right. But, but he, you know, even there, uh, well, especially with Twin Temple during the pandemic, a lot of the, right. the kind of. No, we're just a couple of people. Like, yeah, we're also these people, but we're also we're just this. just doing stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I think in inevitably that's probably a good thing because the yeah. you know the heart of rock and roll was people seeing just Music. some dude on stage and being like i could do that right that's just some dude i just need a guitar you know right. that's right um and so much of the the rock star hero worship overblown production that a lot of it became you know is maybe uh maybe it's good that that has fallen by the way it sucks that no one gets paid anymore but <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's the other side of it too it's all the, the you know the dreaded streaming stuff man uh, oh boy at, at a certain point it's just giving it away for free yeah. you know and which is yeah it uh, i it it's <laughs> It, it's a it, it's complicated. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for for uncouth. But like, yeah, for yeah. for me personally, like the stuff I do solo, yeah, I I would totally just give that away. Like here, and that's why I don't care that it's on whatever right. streaming because like I just want you to listen to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's um, no right answer right now. It's, no, yeah. What, what's your goal? I mean, that's how I look at it too. I, I get some flack for. Um, what, what I was doing for a while. And then, I mean, you guys actually know about, you know, the playlist, you know, with Spotify and all that. And then I figured out a way to do that with, cause it's like, you know, this is a site and it's going to do sidebar. It was the Spotify world. And then there's like the YouTube world. And that's like all the people who are 35 and up use YouTube. People who are 35 and younger use Spotify. So it's a weird divide, you know, and it makes absolutely no sense from a, you're thinking about royalties and payments and stuff but that's what people are used to youtube is the older platform that, that's really what it comes down to you know um yeah. but the, the the goal is to get music heard and if that's that's the primary goal well yeah you go where those distribution channels are it's no different than in the sense of like when you had the label system you know when i was coming up in the 80s and 90s you didn't make much money you know you got an advance you had to pay it back off of your your uh, returns from touring and then your your sales you know if you you were uh putting an album out and you know getting on radio was was fucking impossible unless you were a completely manufactured product it was fucking impossible you listen yeah. to what's on the radio now it's all the shit from the 90s I don't hear in Kuth or my band or any any of the bands that I actually listen to on the radio. You know, it's all it's, it's all classic rock from the '90s now, which is sad. You know, but yeah, well, and part of that is terrestrial radio has now just become background noise for workplaces. Yes, yeah, because sir. people on their own don't really listen to terrestrial radio. That's right. Yeah, and you know, because yep. you can you can cater a playlist. You don't have to listen to what everyone listens to. That's it. And yeah. And there's, you know, there's pros and cons. There's the, the great democratization of uh, a platform, right. you know, like I'm on Spotify and Metallica's on Spotify. Like, right. yeah, they're going to get more plugs into playlists, but look, essentially we're on the same radio station if, if you dial right. Right. Um, 
you know, there's, there's, uh, um, the, 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 the radio thing, um, the, the authenticity of music argument, you know, what's, what's on the radio and how authentic is it at any given time? And it always kind of moves in waves. You know, you're going to get that initial wave of these people are authentic and this is the thing they're, they're doing. And the thing they're doing just happens to be what enough people like that they're going to put it on the radio. But one month, everyone who comes after who gets signed got signed because they were like this thing. And then three months after that, everyone who gets signed and gets pushed will be because they're what they, what they want the sound and the thing to be. They want to take all the politics out of it because like you look at grunge and you look at riot girl and you look at, you know, early uh, that the, the, the early nineties, uh, hip hop and that was all political all of it was and then you wait a couple months and you start getting Bush and you start getting and and the teeth start coming out of it and it becomes about the sound and no longer any of the message right and and that happened you know that that happens with every genre of music that explodes at the eventually the authenticity gets worn away. And part of that is the people who create are influenced by the people. And you keep getting this next generation of influence, next generation of influence, next generation of influence, losing a lot of the roots of everything and a lot of the knowledge of why or how or any of that. Not that anyone needs to be beholden to the past because also fuck the past, but it's it's always going to there's always going to be the next thing that is authentic. Um, but you're going to have to watch as it becomes popular, it'll stop yeah. being that thing. You know, that it's why the dude from Rage Against the Machine climbed th- uh, the tower at the MTV Music Video Awards. Cause yeah, you know, the, that whole sound had gone from political statements and, you know, fusions between, uh, public Enemy and Anthrax and Rage Against the Machine and all that, and it turned into you know Fred Durst doing it for the Nookie. And I'm not mm-hmm. knocking Limp Biscuit, like right. whatever they're they're Limp they're fine, um, but the it, it's that that copy of a copy of a copy, and you lose the the original heat. intent, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Relevancy, right? And I mean that's the thing too like whatever what what music is relevant now and and we're in an era where popular music and by and large influenced by pop when it was you had to post the other day and i mentioned pop rock slash from the old days in the music the actual music stores where you'd go in and everything was under the pop rock category you know this umbrella (laughs) of stuff that's been out there for the last what 70 years yeah we now have a multi-generational audience that's experiencing that so you know, we bring in the, the context of relevancy of like what's relevant to somebody who was born in, in the early 2000s versus somebody who grew up with the Beatles. You know, the Beatles are less relevant now um, in the oh, sense. Absolutely. Of, right. You know, were they bad? No, but they're just not as important to somebody who didn't necessarily have that coming of age experience with the Beatles versus, uh, 
Oh, pan, uh, was it Panic at the Disco? I'm trying to remember the stuff my kid was listening to, like in their early teens, you know. Um, and you, you know, they they look at that sort of that golden era of rock and roll music from you know the '60s and the '70s through the '80s, and um, or yes, and those are typically just you think about those different eras as well. But there's just no connection to that, you know. That like you're saying, the copy of the copy of the copy, the the relevancy just has really kind of lost it. That, that sort of uh, bite to it, that, that sort of hook, you know, so. Well, and I, um, and I think that's, that's, you know, yeah. for a listener. Yeah. Yeah. You want to listen to what's relevant now. Cause it's right. your, it, you know, now is your time. Uh, yeah. Especially if you're that, that target, that, you know, that, and of that to whatever demographic right. or yeah, right. whatever, you know, whatever the yeah. demographic is. Right. Um, but for, for musicians, I find it bums me out if people are like, what do you listen yeah. to? And they, they're like, they have, you know, two bands. And they're like, that's it, man. Yeah. And it's like, but that's so limiting. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. So you know, That's okay. Which is own. fine. Like, to each yeah. their own. But it's like, yeah. oh. We're going to take a quick break and listen to another um, live track from Uncouth uh, at a performance at Reggie's. This is A Flesh to Foe.
there's the experience of like people who just enjoy music who not necessarily musicians and you you kind of get to give them a pass because they're if they like what you're doing that's cool um and well i'm just happy when when people like music something good right yeah well, and it doesn't even need to be good. I've, they just, I've they just listen. Who simply, who simply don't like music, and I'm like, well, that's that's fascinating. weird. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine, good is it's just, good is it's interesting. Good is relative. You know, it is. It's subjective too. Right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, people who right, people who actually have a taste, you know. But yeah, the, well, the and and like I said, I love people who are into a diversity of of oh, absolutely music and genres. Like one of the things I love about Uncouth, you know, Carl, I, we both love Deftones, like yeah. love Deftones. Yeah. Uh, me and James bond over you know weird old industrial stuff. Me right. and Tim went and saw Carly Rae Jepsen, you yeah. know, ev- ev- and then everyone also has their own expanded things and i love that that's right all kind of in the stew yeah uh, those help color your your sound right there's a different different little flavors that come in it yep yeah um i I hear you on the uh, to me it kind of comes down to the whole like generational aspect of musicians it's been my experience of you know, people are, are comfortable with the music they listen to in their teens and their twenties. And that's like kind of their, typically their wheel, their wheelhouse. And I mean, I have that too as well, but like, you know, to your point, it's like, I like to go outside of that as much as I can, because I can always come back to that music. I've, I've listened to that for a lot, many years, you know? Um, but like what, what is being created that's new? Cause it's like trying to understand what's relevant to a greater populace now, you know, or what's fresh or what's being done with something versus the whole um, kind of purist mentality or the whole, you, you know, the, the, my generation is better than the, the, the following generations music, which to me is hogwash, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I just, I never understood that line of thinking. I, I mean, I, I get it on a, a sort of a, an emotional level for people and sort of a nostalgia level for people. And it, it seems to always come back to that. Like there's some sort of experiential tie to that music that is why that's so important to them and why, uh, you know, they, they feel attacked when somebody doesn't have the same value set for that. Carl, you're going nuts, dude. You all right? Oh, I'm good. Sorry. I'm typing. My apologies. Oh, oh I that's thought okay. I was muted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like a work meeting. <laughs> well, uh- so I, I, I think it also always kind of depends on what people are looking to get out of music. You that's know, true. That's fair. The, yeah, you're right. The, the nostalgia thing is like, yeah, I just want to kind of reflect and listen to some music I'm familiar with. And not, right. You know, you're not looking for a challenging experience. You're just looking to right. listen to. It's like people who binge The Office all day. It's like you just exactly. want the familiarity so you know i have my nostalgia playlist that's nothing but like classic rock or nothing but the 90s or nothing you know all right absolutely um and then you know i love i love going out and seeing what's new like i i uh you know some of the 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 bands that i've 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 included in the the playlist that i know that goes out with this you know there's some incredible local acts of like yeah you know some of them are, are kids, and, you know, comparatively, you know, because right. I, 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 you know, I'm old, 
uh, it's fine. You right. know, but I look at what some of the some of the kids in their in their 20s are doing and it's like, wow, yeah, I'm so glad that this is happening and it will always happen. You know, it's yeah. always all going to be out there and the the yeah, the new stuff that's dope is going to be out there right. and the it's old con- stuff that's dope. We're we're spoiled in that we get recorded media. You know, it, imagine oh, living in a time where the only way you get to hear music is someone has to be playing it live. Right, right. Or you have to go buy the sheet music and learn to play it yourself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Such a wild thing to think about. Right. Yeah. There's a there's a time where we didn't get to have this. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and now we've got like the entire. Uh, library of all music that you could imagine in your pocket essentially yeah anything that's ever been recorded ever just about which for me is uh, it's a a wonderful thing i just love consuming music i mean i it's one of my favorite hobbies and i get a rush out of just finding new stuff and listening to it and discovering new bands i love that like it's such a different thing to have like some kind of uh, preconceived notion about a band and have some kind of bias to them and then you listen to one of their records as opposed to you yeah. just stumble upon some band at a concert and you hear a song live you catch the last song of their set and then you go and you find their record and you're like holy shit this is fantastic uh, man I'm diving back three or four albums deep and just you know following them down the rabbit hole and that discovery is oh man that is some uh <laughs> That's top tier life, in my opinion. And uh, it, yeah. it truly makes me happy to just, hey, here's some new band I've never heard of, and I love them. It's it's such an awesome feeling. And uh, it's cool that now it's a lot easier to do that. You know, I, I meet more people online. And I think this is just because, you know, kind of the Adam, um, sorry, I'm going to edit this. Ricky's point, uh, got to get used to the name. Um, I meet more people online getting to Ricky's point of, you know, you, you find the different contexts for things with music and, and, and everybody has their own different, you know, kind of thing that they're, they're kind of either looking for and want to listen to. Um, but for me, like finding like-minded folks is always interesting. Um, Cause th- those are the searchers, you know, and I, I think both of you guys yeah. are in that boat too. How much time do you guys do you spend a week look like listening new, to new music or trying to search for or check out new music? Yeah, last year was uh, close to thirty thousand minutes of listening. On, I mean, that was just on Spotify, so it doesn't right. take into account Bandcamp, which was actually right. probably a significant portion of my listening as well. So I would say probably another, I don't know. Yeah. 1500 or 2000 minutes on Bandcamp too. I don't have the numbers, but yeah. So a lot of time last year, um, this right. year was probably a two thirds of that, I would say. So less, but right. For about but, a decade before that, I mean, that was my main hobby, right? Like I, yeah. I would drive so much that that's what I did. Like I would just right try to find all this stuff. I, if I was working or, you know, it, during the morning, if I'm, you know, searching on the internet or Twitter or whatever and finding bands, I'll add them to the queue and this endless queue just goes on forever. Right. And you just keep taking a record off and listening to it. And that's one of my favorite hobbies. Right. So a significant portion of my uh, free time is 
dominated by listening to new music. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's, it's just something I love to do, you know? And yeah. it's, it's a lot easier nowadays to find bands, but at the same time, there's so much of it that it's harder to filter out stuff that you truly enjoy. Right. Like, yeah, I, I find it hard to turn a record off nowadays and I like experiencing it, the whole thing as an artist intended it. Right. Like that's, mm -hmm. it brings me a lot of joy and it seems like a lot of people nowadays, which is fine and totally, you know, to each their own. A lot of people seem to enjoy just, you know, listening to a song. Right. right. And that seems to be the consumable chunk of music nowadays is a song. And it just, I can't get behind that at all. Like my brain does not process that. Right. I think of music in album form, right? Like crafting 10 or 12 or 20 or however many songs and creating some kind of experience where like the listener follows along on his journey or however the hell the artist, you know, portrays their, their craft, right? Like they're the director for this experience and actually getting to like go on that quest with the, with the artist is so, oh man, it's so fulfilling and just seeing all these different people's brains uh open themselves up onto a record and sharing some of that soul that they have with somebody else you know it's such a man <laughs> it's, yeah it's uh it's it makes I, i'm speechless trying to describe that feeling right because it's just so awesome and awesome gets used so much nowadays but like really being <laughs> awe-inspired at somebody's musical uh the record right? Like their journey that it's unmatched, man. You can't. <sighs> well, it, uh, it, to, to kind of speak to, to your point, it kind of goes to what someone is looking for in their experience of music as a, right. as right. a musician, you're thinking about it from the point of view of someone crafting an album and telling a narrative and all of that. Yep. A lot of people are just using music to soundtrack their own lives. Absolutely. So they're That's they're picking totally and cool choosing too. the yep. songs to make to make uh, you know a, a, a good soundtrack and a, a good compilation album. You know, it's a it's a mixtape. You know, everyone is constantly yep. in the process of making mixtapes now, right. which on one hand is awesome because you know right. people share those mixtapes and you find you know, if I like this group, I'm probably going to like this group because they're on the same, you know, playlist, they're on the same whatever. Um, and that's one of the great things know, about is, music is nobody's wrong, you know, and however you experience this stuff, there, there's no wrong answer. It's awesome. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. And it's, we, you know, living in this time where we just have a, a glut of, of yeah. media to consume the you know the the pros and cons the 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 one song listener that or the you know you listen to the album once and then right forget about it you know there is a, a there is some amount of disposability that's built into the kind of streaming thing um but you know at the same time the people who want that immersive music experience still get to have it you know yeah. you look at especially a lot of the physical media that's coming back people yeah. like that that connection that physical you know open it read the liner notes look at the pictures that thing is always going to have an appeal 
to certain demographics, you know, and it's, it's, it's awesome that we get to play in, in all of those worlds to some extent. Yeah, that's well said. And, and the context of listening to music and I mean, I don't want to use the word consuming. It's a different thing. Um, but it, it just has radically changed now. I mean, Yes, you know, it has. everything is at your fingertips. I mean, I look at it from a logistical standpoint of my own band and we're working on an album that's going to be half uh, jazz standards and just being able to look that up. And then um, there's a nifty tool on YouTube now. Um, and this is a, a music geek sidebar thing, I suppose, but you can actually play the tracks back at half speed if you want to learn them. Um, and it's at that same, whatever fidelity that that video file is. So like you can actually hear the notes accurately um, digitally for free. You used to have to buy devices for that back in the day to slow CDs down or slow tapes down. Um, I remember, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> um, being able to do that and just like in minutes, you know, and just have that at your fingertips, especially if you're transcribing stuff. Um, oh, well, man. you talk about the, the technology that's at our fingertips. Absolutely. I, yeah. ev everything that I've done as a, as a solo artist yeah. has has either been done on my phone completely composing yeah. arranging writing playing all of it right uh or my phone was my recording device and it was just yeah pointed at what i was recording and it's it's amazing that we live in a time where something you carry in your pocket can <laughs> produce <laughs> yes. recordings of pretty good quality know, yeah yeah, you know, it's, it's not a, not bad fidelity and, and right. It's enjoyable and it's the, the act of just having this go go gadget recording studio. You can push a button and hold it up or plug something into it, even or however you're using it. But like, yeah, it's not dependent on going to a building and sequestering yourself so much. You know, right? With, which is is something that's, else that's just fantastic because it, it opens a different it experience up for again. people. Right. Yep to to make music who never yeah. would have you know maybe yeah. they can't afford a, a recording studio or right. you know a room full of instruments and it's like well yep here you still get to create you still it's it's yeah. the 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 pros and cons of the technology the ups and downs it's 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 such a <laughs> such a dance it is yeah there's there's always the two sides to it but it it in some ways pushes people to be more creative um, yep. it lowers the bar and it gives people those opportunities. So there's that equal equalization or equality. I don't know if equality is the right word uh, or equitization of access. I'm trying to find like the right yeah. phrase. Make here. it easier to get stuff yeah. out of my brain and yeah. into a file that I can then, you know, manipulate right. and release or, you know, do something with it. Right. Like for so long, it's like, how you get to a studio oh i gotta drive and i gotta you know get in the car and load the gear up and the gear ends up being like a five million pound tube head and right like 47 cabinets and you know right because you want to use all your speakers. good gear right of course yeah, yeah exactly of course i do and right. you know the yeah. heavy bass amp and the drums and all this stuff right you got to schlep it all the way to the studio and now you can basically demo out an entire record either in your bedroom or in your practice space and you're it's so much easier to be prepared going in and you're not spending money in a studio and like eating cost up while you're like actually learning how to, you know, work this equipment that you're not familiar with. Right. right. 
like that barrier to entry is gone. Right. And it's so much easier to just, you know, work with the tools that are freely available. And now bands, you can just make yourself sound great. And it's, you know, it might not be sounding like you're in electrical audio or something, but you can get pretty damn close. And that's awesome. And, uh, you know, you didn't have this 10 years ago, even, you know, and no. five years ago, it might have even been prohibitive for a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of hardware to actually get the stuff to a point where it sounded good, you know, but nowadays all that barrier to entry is gone and just make music. It's so freeing and it's so empowering. It's awesome. You know, yeah, that the therapeutic side of it, you know, in that sense, um, finances and economy be damned. It's just the, the act of, again, getting in a room and making music either with friends or just, you know, if you're doing it as almost like a meditation, I, I do that too. You know, or I'll, I'll just sit with an acoustic guitar and I might, you know, just record some ideas on my iPhone, but like just there, there's just something therapeutic about just being able to make music just in that act of itself, you know, could not agree more. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a very relieving experience and even just playing scales and practicing, right. Yeah. Like it just, it's calming. Yeah. Another thing that has kind of come up with just different conversations I've had with other folks lately too is um, kind of around sort of the age of the, being a musician um, and, that, and that sort of paradigm. Um, I uh, actually am in the process of putting a new band together um, and a couple of the bandmates are, are quite a bit younger than me and then the other guy in the band. We're, they, we're both the same age. We're in our mid-40s, but the other two guys are, are both have just turned 30. Um, and, you know, the, the conversation around there, there's not a lot of like, oh, you guys are old uh, or just that disconnect of generations and all that. Um, but there's the conversation around of, you know, when the idea of you're starting off and doing bands in your teens and your 20s, or the maybe some guys of some level of success versus you settle in and you know if you're still doing it in your 30s your 40s whatever you keep going with it it's art and you realize you're just an artisan or an artist and you're just working your craft and there's no constrictions that do you guys i mean well i gotta hear your your slant on kind of you know experience of kind of aging as a musician and what your thoughts are on that i've i've started to get a, a, a much greater appreciation out of recording versus playing live. Yeah. And even as, as, even as uh, recent as, you know, a couple of years ago, um, for me, the biggest thrill was the live show, right? Like that sense of energy and connecting with the crowd and yeah. your, this song is only ever going to be, exactly played like this one time and the right. people that are in that audience experience that with you and they're a part of it and they make they kind of make or break the way the song ends up you know being played at that time and that's a shared experience and you can't replicate that right but for me a record is the ultimate uh product of a band right like i even going back to high school and and college and post-college, right? Like uh, just wanting to uh, be in a band 
more so was live shows as opposed to recording. And I think as I've gotten older, I get more of a thrill out of crafting a story and an experience in a record. And I still love live shows, you know, but for me, that has definitely changed over time. And uh, the content of what you're creating has more meaning when you get older, you're seeking for to either. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think, and I think part of it too is, you know, I, I've started to become more of a engaged fan of music too over the past like decade. And I think part of that has kind of influenced how I view the projects I'm in, right? Like I, I want to, I want to experience this band that I'm in as a fan too, not just, you know, the guitarist or the writer, or, you know, whatever instrument I'm playing. Right. I, I love that being on the other side of it too, and actually experiencing those songs too. And it's different, you know, thinking about them from both sides and that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that entire experience. It's, it's pretty great. And it really makes me feel like, um, just makes me happy you know like I, I, there's no other way to put it. It, it it's a great happiness for me to consume all that stuff too you know so yeah I love yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh, Car- carl and i both in uncouth were the the advocates of more shows what what are we doing yep. we should be playing more shows and that's definitely something that has changed, um, especially over the, the course of the pandemic. Full disclosure, uh, I uh, had a, uh, well, whatever. I, now I, I, I have anxiety. I have anxiety in crowds. I have anxiety amongst uh, large groups of people. Um, I, a lot of people do that's that's not an unusual uh, thing now but uh, it, it has definitely shaped my um, uh, my relationship with being a, a live performer um, I still love live performing but I between anxiety and the fact that I, I kind of had a weird uh, ego death over the, over the course of the pandemic where I was right. like, I don't, I don't want to be a, a public persona. I don't want any of that. Um, which also kind of changes. What does it mean to be a performer? Um, it's right. part of why I'm not so involved in stand up anymore. Um, cause that's so, you know, that's you, you're on stage being you, that's you, you know, it's not even, with music there's a you know um, um, unless you've got some really uh either really personal lyrics or really objectionable lyrics most people are kind of like music there's a separation between music and person where it's not so the identity um you know like i can listen to bruce springsteen music and still not assume that i know anything about bruce springsteen as a person um, which, you know, I, I feel like as a, as a comedian was slightly different, um, just due to the, the delivery of material, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um, but the, the relationship with performing versus recording, um, 
I, I will always love performing. Uh, it's different now, and I don't know that it will ever not be different uh, than, it, than it used to be. I don't know that I'll ever feel the way I used to feel on stage. Um, but for recording, there's, uh, you know, put, putting it all out there and, and getting to have a record I think is what has changed with age. There's there's an element of I want to have a record of what I've done yep. because you know memories fade as you get older and stuff gets hazy and the details get blurrier and so having the ability to revisit takes on a a uh, a different weight, um, you know and. It, as especially you know thinking about it is it art versus you know am I trying to be something or anything like that for me the number one thing is uh you know as and it's especially true with with my solo stuff is I want to make music that I want to listen to and if I'm the only person who listens to it that's fine because I made it because I would want to listen to it um, if there's an audience for it, awesome. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, but for, for me, I, this is just what I do because I feel compelled to do it. Because it's fun um, and you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's th this is what I would choose to fill my time with left to my own devices. Uh, and you know, right now that mostly means recording. Uh, and, and yeah, as far as the age thing goes, I think, yeah, there's a, maybe a, maybe it's a sentimentality, but it's also just, uh, I want to, I want this to be here. Uh, this record of what I've, whatever I've done. Yeah. And I want to clarify too. I still love playing live, but, uh, I, I feel like, uh, recording has kind of, become a lot more important to me and more of a factor in like uh some of yeah. the decisions that i would make you know yeah, still love blasting a tube amp and and feeling <laughs> it on my legs that's uh never gonna change i don't think yeah <laughs> yeah no having that record is is I, I would definitely agree with that um that's one of the things like me personally with the projects i'm in now um focus has completely changed to recording first before any shows and recording has to be done. Um, you know, we've, my one band uh, with Sons of Ra, we played one show, just like an outdoor thing. That was something we were all comfortable with. Um, but really that focus is on getting the recording done, getting it right. And we actually took a, a U-turn or not, I want to say a U-turn, uh, so, sort of a side trip um, because I realized this was an album that Keith and I wanted to make. Um, we've always been talking about it, but then it's just like that, that sort of relevancy and that sort of um, desire to like, we, we need to do this as part of a creative process collectively. Um, but that, that experience of going through the recording and all the pieces of it, the arrangements, the, you know, just the fun of writing and even the bits of jamming and all that it's so much more rewarding now. And I think some of that is just because we can finally do that together. Um, it was, it was interesting. Um, I want to bring up that Carl and I actually did a recording during the pandemic and it was, 
in complete isolation, you know, and we did it exquisite corpse style too, to where I had no idea what Carl was going to do. I gave him a riff and the drum beat. Um, and that's all he heard, you know, um, I gotta say that was, uh, awesome serendipitous. I, I had so much fun doing that. I want to do that more. And, yeah. uh, the way, the way that whole thing came together, I, I didn't know what to expect. I don't know if you knew what to expect either. Nope, and no, nope, no, that was that, great. That's what added the, yeah. the, that level of chance and that, that risk of, I, I knew the musicians that I were involved were good, but I didn't give, really give them any instructions. Um, I just had a riff, some riffs that I kind of put it together in a sequence and I did a drum beat and, um, and, and that was, it was cool. Um, I think I got captured lightning in a bottle and it was a very lucky experience, you know, um, I do wonder now, like, wow, if we all would have gotten together in the studio, you know, barring COVID and all that, how would that experience have actually been, you know, how, you know, cause it's like a, you're in this like weird super group kind of, we are the world kind sure. of thing where everybody's coming in and, you know, it's a big party or whatever, but. Yep. Um, well, and, and that's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. But my, my, my point was though, um, with that is as lucky as we, Got it though. Like once I had to get to sitting with my mixing and mastering engineer, I started realizing how sterile it was. Like the music itself, self, because there was no um, vibe. You know, when you're playing together with a group of people, even if you're playing a different tune, you record something else. There's a vibe you guys have collectively, um, and, and the, the song turned out really good. But it just there was just a lot of coldness when I had to sit down and listen to each track in isolation. And there, I mean, I think that came across and that was actually part of why the pieces was because of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, yeah, that being able to have that social experience, um, you know, just with a group of people creating music is uh, that, that I, it, whether it's live or not, I, to me, that's really the, kind of one of the linchpins of, of why I keep wanting to do this. I've been doing it for over 30 years, you know, so. Yep. Well, yeah, you, you, you talk about the, the communal, you know, uh, aspect of it. And if that's kind of, I think of like the desert sessions, you know, that, that, yeah. uh, that, that all those cats do. And, you know, something like that where everyone just gets together with people they want to play music with. And it doesn't have to be a band. It doesn't have to be a thing. It's just, right. this is a community of musicians who just want to make some music together. And yeah. there's something that's so kind of pure and joyous about that. Yep. And especially, you know, as the whole world comes down, I, you know, I think to myself, if all of it went away, all of it, all of the conveniences, all of the everything, what would I want? And it's a circle of people, a bonfire, some, you know, some fucking something to drum on, maybe some guitars if we got them and people singing and just people around a campfire singing, you know, that even if that's all that there is that, that you know, as the world comes down, that's still going to be something, you know, that would be the thing that would make whatever comes next tolerable yep. would be that communal spirit of creating and making music and the joy of, you know, it's part of why I like karaoke at bars because people are there yeah. 
having a good time making noise. Right. Oh, you know, Miss Karaoke. And yeah, performing, fill, right. filling the air with art. Yep, because that's all. That's all music is. It's just it's sound art. Yep. Um, and and yeah, so that 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 community thing. I think that's if if I were to find anything as a musician going forward, I would want it to be that you know that that community of musicians to just make joyous noise with yep joyous noise there you go there's your side project name right there joyous noise. <laughs> putting that together yeah thanks so much for coming on um and then uh people can check out uh you know your links and stuff will be up on rockinchicago.org uh with some of the tracks and your wonderful guest list thank you so much for curating that you guys really went above and beyond uh with four hours and nine music <laughs> four hours and nine minutes worth of music but that is fantastic it's a i told you concept. earlier i listened to a lot of stuff so uh I, oh yeah i was gonna say you, you you might notice that got put up in blocks initially each of us put up <laughs> i think 45 minutes but this is like and, a and then it expanded no that's just beautiful <laughs> um so this is this is actually going to be the last episode of 21 and this is a nice guest list to get people through uh there's a wide variety of different genres and you guys really brought it with all the locals man that's great um there's so well, much good music in this city so yeah there is and that's yeah. one of the things I, I one last thing i want to close on so that's one of the things why i love about doing this show uh and having you guys on is really affirm that is that um i learn about so many new bands just from my guests so thank you so much for coming on and uh, discussing, uh, just talking about our, our processes and, and such as musicians, and also uh, thanks for putting together this killer playlist. This will this will be up uh, very shortly at rockinchicago.org. Ricky, Carl, you guys have a happy holidays and a uh, wishing you a very successful 2022. We will be in touch for sure. We're gonna wrap things up with a final track from Uncouth. This is another live tune. Uh, This is Ego Depletion, which is off of their uh, first EP. Thanks again for listening uh, out there. Remember to be kind to each other, and uh, cheers. Cheers.